chapter forty of yon of the windmill this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org yon of the windmill by juliana horatia ewing chapter forty d'arcy sees bogey the academy the painter's picture the amabys were in london amabel preferred the country but she bore the town as she bore with many other things that were not quite to her taste including painfully short petticoats and mademoiselle the french governess she was in the garden of the square one morning when d'arcy ran in oh amabel he cried i'm so glad you're alone whom do you think i've seen the boy you called bogey it must be he i've looked in the glass and oh he is like me where did you see him asked amabel well you know i've told you i get up very early just now i wish you wouldn't tell me interrupted amabel when you know mademoiselle won't let me get up till half-past eight oh i wish we were going home this week i'm very sorry amabel but do listen i was down by the river and there he was sketching and oh so beautifully i shall burn all my copies i can never draw like him amabel he is awfully like me and he must be very near my age he's like what people's twin brothers are you know i wish he were my twin brother he couldn't be your twin brother said amabel gravely he's not a gentleman well he's not exactly not a gentleman said d'arcy however i asked him if he sent his pictures to the academy and he said no but his master does the artist he lives with and he told me his master's name and the number of his pictures and i've brought you a catalogue and the numbers are four hundred one four hundred two and four hundred three and we are going to the academy this afternoon and i've asked mamma to ask lady louisa to let you come with us but don't say anything about me and the boy for i don't want it to be known i have been out early at this moment mademoiselle who had been looking into the garden from an upper window hastened to fetch amabel indoors it was between three and four o'clock in the afternoon and the academy was crowded the crush was so oppressive that lady adelaide wanted to go away but d'arcy had expressed the wish to see number four hundred one and d'arcy's wishes were law to his father so he struggled in search of the picture and the others followed him and when a small crowd that was round it had dispersed they saw it quite clearly it was the painter's picture as the other spectators passed they spoke of the colouring and the draughtsmanship of the mellow glow of sunshine which faithful to the richness of southern summers carried also a poetical hint of the air of glory in which genius lives alone to some the graceful figure of cimabue was familiar but the new group round the picture saw only the shepherd lad 
and if as the spectators said his eyes haunted them about the room what ghosts must they not have summoned to haunt mr ford's client as he gazed mais c'est monsieur d'arcy screamed the french governess and amabel said it's bogey but he's got no leaves lady adelaide was quite composed the likeness was very striking but her maternal eyes saw a thousand points of difference between the giotto of the painting and her son how very odd she said i wonder who sat for the giotto if he really were the boy amabel thinks she saw in the wood i think her bogey and the model must both be the same as the wonderful child mr ammaby was telling me about who painted the sign of the inn in his village but his father was a windmiller called lake and mamma mamma cried d'arcy papa is ill the sound of his son's voice recalled mr ford's client to consciousness but it was a very partial and confused consciousness he heard voices speaking of the heat the crush etc as in a dream he was not sure whether he was being carried or led along the painting was no longer before him but it mattered little the shepherd boy's eyes were as dark as his own but that look in their upward gaze which stirred every heart pierced his as it had moved it years ago from eyes the colour of a summer sky to others their pathos spoke of yearning genius at war with fortune but for mr ford's client they brought back out of the past words which rang more clearly in his ears than the condolences of the crowd you'll remember your promise d'arcy you will be quite sure to take me home to bury me and you will call my child after my father jan End of chapter forty